All right, today we got Reshma Sahoni. Is that is that the right pronunciation? After twenty years, no. <laughs> Sorry, we'll just we'll just go with that. Thank you so much for uh, for for taking the time, Reshma. Uh, let's jump into it. Why don't you briefly remind us what you were doing before NCAD, and then tell us what you've been up to, or walk us through what you've been up to for the last twenty years. Uh, as a typical American entering NCAD twenty years ago, uh, I was well too young clearly. So I hadn't been doing much before, but I was in investment banking in M&A and technology in that first dot-com boom, uh, which went to bust, which is why I came to hide out in INSEAD. And I worked in venture capital, uh, got a taste for it as well with uh, something called SoftBank and something called News Corp. <laughs> so that which uh, 20 years ago were not well-known names, but here we are, how, how, how time, you know, <laughs> time builds things. So, so that's what I was doing. Um, the dot-com bust did happen and I was like, Oh God, now what? I better go hide. Uh, and, and, and MBA is a great way to hide. Go. So, all right. Thank you. Then the second part of the question, sure. walk yes. us through what you've been doing for the last 20 years. So um, after NCAD, I kind of had always thought, well, I'm American. I'll just go back to America. And actually that year did exactly for me what, what it was probably meant to is it really opened, you know, opened my mind up to an entire continent um, and, and 800 friends I didn't know I wanted to have. Uh, and then Singapore campus, obviously, to Asia. So I think just to say that it really opened my mind to a non-US centric worldview uh, and I got captivated by that. And so I went to work at Vodafone. I picked a very, very specifically intentionally picked a European HQ company with, uh, with European technology as such, so telecoms and kind of a top, you know, top 10 brand, which Vodafone was, uh, still is, I think, at the, uh, to this day. So I was very intentional about that. Um, I was what were you doing at Vodafone? I was doing commercial strategy, which were, which interestingly is like the one part of the whole group versus the local markets, which actually thinks about making money, which was nice to be in uh, versus the rest of Vodafone group, which is just like a cost center. Um, but so I did that for a few years and I really wanted to get back into venture. And I think being able to work with Vodafone across pretty much every single European market or important European market um, gave me again the ability to see incredible markets, incredible talent, but limited global ambition, limited kind of global reach for everyone that that wasn't Vodafone. And so when I connected it back to my desire from pre-INSEAD days to get back into venture capital, I was like, this is this is where I need to be. And so I ended up joining what looked great on paper, which was this like firm in, in BC, in the UK, coming out of World War II, rebuilding um, for Europe's future. Unfortunately, I did not match there. Um, so wait, wait, they, so they've been, they, they were VCs since World War II? They were in private equity. Yeah, I came out okay. of the ashes of, of World What's War What's the name II. of this company? 3i. Okay. So they had a venture arm, um, but they were mostly sort of private equity. And we, we, we did not match, though. And so I was politely asked to move on. Uh, oh, nice. How, how, after how long? Six months. 
Yeah. Ooh. I mean, the, uh-huh. yeah, better, better than like a long it's marriage. Days. It's always, it's always good to be told quickly. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so fortunately I met all the right people in, in Europe, European tech. And for 16 years after that, then takes us to today. That's what I've been building seed camp into, yeah, one of the most successful, you know, pan-European seed funds, I think 11 unicorns gone, gone global, uh, real pioneers in their, in their markets, in their industries. And it's been an amazing ride. What, what, it, it sure has. And congratulations, by the way. Uh, walk me through, I'm a little bit familiar with some of the story. Walk me through sort of like the evolution of Seed Camp and some, some of the first iterations and how you kind of arrived at what it ended up being. Yeah. I mean, where we are today, I think as, as the whole of the ecosystem has matured over 20 years, you know, 16 years, so have we. So we're not exactly what we were 16 years ago. Um, but if you have a good North Star, which we did, much of it stays the same. So we're extremely founder first, everything we think we, we think to do and, and support is all around all around founders to begin with. We're extremely community led, we're entrepreneurial in our own mindset as to how we grow ourselves, how we help our companies, um, help our companies grow, you know, paying it forward. Like a lot of those things really remain from 2007 when, when we started. But at the heart of it, I mean, we're, we're really tech focused, helping technology companies, software led companies become global behemoths hopefully, so that they are impacting the world in what we think is a positive, you know, positive way, hopefully, and, and that Europe has a real, a real voice in the, in the global, you know, in the global conversation and not kind of be relegated to what a lot of American tourists think or Americans think from 20 years ago. It's like a really nice museum, really nice museum. Uh, indeed. Uh, and I want to get into that founder first thing in a second, but, but I was, I was hoping to get into the, I can remember from our conversations, who knows how many years ago, it, it sounded like it was more of like a startup competition early on. And then it turned into something a little more, a little more like it is now. Can you, can you talk about those and like what your original hypotheses were and how you had to change that? Yeah. I mean, I think, um, the biggest kind of ignorant thing we did and it's worked out well for us is that an Indian American thought that she should create a United States of Europe. I mean, that's, that's an insane concept, but that's exactly what we uh, had the ambition to do. And it's worked out extremely well, but within that, what we needed to do is really connect those 27 plus countries, really force people to have to be in the same room together. So we ran events like the, the events weren't the end. They, they were, they were the means to, to the end is actually collect, uh, uh, have collisions between people different. And we did it all in English. We forced English through when actually French startups would really have preferred to pitch in French or, uh, or German. It's funny because all the French people I know really love speaking English, but carry on. You, yeah, you, you then, you know, you know, mm-hmm. you know the right French then. Um, and so, <laughs> so it was so contrarian to do a bunch of these things, but we just felt like there were some pretty uh, incredible things happening in Palo Alto, which we wanted to really bring across the European footprint. And that meant having coffee shops or just at least like pretend coffee at these events, um, getting, getting experts to give time for free to startups. And again, that, 
that was like contrarian thinking in Europe where a lot of advisors charge you a lot of money for pretty <laughs> crappy advice. Whereas we said, you know, you can definitely have that relationship with those companies later, but you start off with give, give more than you take, like a lot of these fundamentals. So yeah, the events were a, a really big part of it. Lots of flying, taking our companies on a road show into, uh, into, you know, you, you and I hung out California that way, but New York, Boston, San Francisco, and now look, you know, Andreessen has an uh, office in, in London. Sequoia has a presence. Bessemer, I mean, all these funds are funds that met our companies going, hmm, something's happening. <laughs> and there was, none, there was none of that 16 years ago. There, none of those guys had outposts Nothing. in London, right? So, uh, get, getting get that thing you said, that founder first, which which almost is a cliche, at least in, in the US, where, yeah, yeah, no shit, of course you're founder first. But I, I think that actually means something in Europe. Can you talk about maybe some of the naughty behavior some of the VCs would do in Europe before, before you guys came around? Um, yeah, and I think um, you know there's something about founder friendly versus founder first. We are sorry, I got it wrong. Going. Not choosing the words founder friendly, we're choosing them founder first. But naughty things, I think, in in Europe. Luckily, I think, fortunately, again, because of evolution towards betterment by by all investors as well, less of this behavior. But back in the day, I mean, the dilution was crazy at every pre-seed, seed, series A, you know, you're facing 30% plus dilution when your counterparts in the US are more at 15, 20%, right? And so you're doubling, you, you, you sort of are always kind of catching up um, for, you, you know, starting off at 50% of what your counterparts are doing. So that was incredibly tough. It was it, it, also European mentality on trying to cover your downside versus really shooting for the upside. And we we were part of the movement to completely kind of change that whole way of thinking as well. So I think we, you know, we standardized a lot of terms, shared that with lawyers openly so that the lawyers didn't need to make money on, on those kinds of things and, uh, and really thought about, well, what can this look like if all things go great? Um, well, let's, let's let's talk about this downside, protecting downside, because I think there's some interesting mechanics there that that that, or, or some manifestations, so we say, of that in the battle days. Like, well, what what are some of the things they would do to to protect downside versus shoot for upside? Yeah, this starts to get you know geeky, but uh, in terms of legal terms, but um, multiple X's liquidation preference, participating versus non-participating, dilution clauses, uh, um, vesting. A good lever, bad lever. It was all, I mean, it's this idea of control. And I yeah. think if you're truly investing in entrepreneurs, innovation, you have to be okay without control uh, or you have to have governance, but that's very different from control. And so I think we've changed that, again, dialogue from control to governance. Now, how much of this naughty behavior is still going on in 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 Europe, or have have has a lot of it gone away? Thanks partly to you guys. It, it, a lot of it's gone away. Um, for the best, uh, best of the founders out there, you know, we invest per per fund in hundred companies. I think across a hundred companies, if that naughty behavior we used to see sort of 40, 50 percent sixteen years ago, it's probably at ten percent today. So, and those are the founders or companies that are in a bit of trouble and hence you kind of see the naughty behavior come back. Right. But, sure. but it's, sure. it's dramatically different now. Yeah. Yeah. When, when you're, uh, the, the, to be misogynistic, the pretty girl at the bar, you can, you can sort of choose, uh, you know, who, who your messes are. Um, what, what, what it, where is seed camp now? 
So we are deploying our sixth fund, uh, which is about $180 million, quite sizably different from the $3 million <laughs> fund I started off with 16 years ago. So everything, you know, baby steps, but you iterate fast, you grow fast. We have had a real vision, a real North Star, and make that reality um, you know, happen for yourself, have that agency over yourself. So we continue to do the same thing we did 16 years ago, which is we're pre-seed and seed obsessed. It's all about um, technology-based innovation to impact the world. It can be first-time founders. Nowadays, obviously, we have second-time or third-time founders. So we, of course, will invest in those. And it's still about the European story to go global. Um, and, and I mean, that's always included Israel for us, but, you know, certainly even more so as that tech tech nation has grown, but yeah, all of it to go, to go global. We, we, so if, if, if I'm not domiciled somewhere in Europe, I can't get your money. Um, you, you may be able to, so okay. but it's 80, 20, look, life is 80, 20. Yeah. yeah. Listeners kind of get, get that 80, 20, 90, 10. Uh, now, my understanding might perhaps my flawed memory is that you sold off a couple of your earlier funds. Can we can to the extent you're allowed to talk about that? I'd love to hear kind of who who approached who. How do you figure out what one of those things is worth? Can you can you walk us through some of that? Yeah, I think um, uh, for for our MBA friends listening, I mean, it, it, you know, who are you besides your mission and vision? You're still a fund manager, and so we. As we evolved, the nature of who backs us changed. So in my $3 million fund, it was just a lot of individuals and, and funds themselves. And as we evolved to today, it's a lot of professional uh, limited partners, fund of funds, institutions, endowment, you know, all of, all of that kind of money, which is different. And so I think selling those first two funds, it kind of happened naturally because the entity who sold to ultimately came in as a new investor into our, our third fund, the fourth, fourth, third or fourth fund. But in any case, the conversation naturally evolved. Um, and because we run an incredibly communicative ship, um, you know, we had those conversations with our LPs to say, hey, would you guys be interested in this kind of a transaction? And for Carlos and I, I think it was seven years running into right, and and like founders who want to take a little bit of money off the table, it was the same thing for us. Is like, hey, uh, life is evolving personally, um, and, and and you know there are children involved. There's the food and food at the table involved. Is uh, take a little bit off the table, and so we really crafted a win-win for the new new LP for those getting for all of our LPs getting out for uh, for the two partners of us as well. And, and I think as you know, the transparency, um, making it that kind of win-win orientation. Yeah, we did do that. I'm thankful for it. We left money on the table. Our LPs left money on the table. They're happy about that. Uh, the new LP did well with it. And, and that's, you know, that's what you aim for. That's why I say like, how, how long is your game? Cause I think we're having this conversation. You can say, well, seed camp, well, Reshma, you're successful. Yep, 16 years, I'm successful. How long is my game? If it's 30 years, if it's 50 years, if it's 100 years, maybe maybe I'm not, right? And uh, so you kind of got to know, know your game. And I think for the first two funds, that was a different game. Our funds three to four, three, four, five are different and six is different. And so, you know, know the game you're playing. 
a bird in the hand versus two in the tree. Absolutely. All right. I'm going to fire off some kind of the uh, generic questions that I'm going to try to ask everybody. Uh, what do you wish you had known 20 years ago? I, I wish I had known um, how much talent is overrated and uh, grit and perseverance are underrated. I guess we're all teaching our children that, so, so or, um, or those who can be privileged enough to teach their children that. But, um, but yeah, I, I, uh, I, you know, absolutely talent's over, overrated. It's, all, it's so much about um, the extra sacrifices, the hard work, smart work, but hard work, perseverance. Well, fortunately for my children, they were born with very little talent. So uh, that's, that's, uh, that's, that's all we're doing. Yeah. Uh, what do you think is your biggest professional mistake? I guess we're here today. And so not really anything huge. Um, <laughs> but I, I guess I can always say, like, we could take more risk. We could have raised larger funds earlier or so. But I, I, I think, uh, yeah, it is. It's hard to. It's hard to look, yeah, it's hard to point to anything too, you know, too specific. We've done a really great, I'm really proud of our next generation. We have a generation, we have a um, set of investment folks. We're 20 years apart in age and we come from very different. So I'm really proud of having people who want to work with me that are 20 years younger than me. Yeah, I should have asked, how many people are at Seed Camp right now? So we're close to about 20 people, um, sort of full-time 14, 15, and seven on the investment team. So getting nice. sizable nice. on the investment team. All right, this is a deliberately vague question, and you, you might be doing it right now, but what does retirement look like for you? I, I don't think that's an option for anyone who wants to age well. I think retirement... Uh, it. it it's a it's sort of a continued move towards balance. I definitely sacrificed a lot in my 20s and 30s, mainly in my 30s, uh, even having two kids during that journey. But I sacrificed my health, probably my sleep, and so I think balancing those more in my 40 late 40s, dare I say, uh, 50s, 60s. So retirement's no option. We'll edit um, that out. We'll edit that out. So, uh, yeah, <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, it's, it is about rebalancing towards longevity and a healthy longevity, because I think we find, we also know, you know, all the science tells us that actually retirement can lead to Alzheimer's, right. And dementia more too. So, mm -hmm. so it's not an option. Therefore, it's just more of a rebalancing of the portfolio of work and health and kids and all that. Good answer. Good answer. All right. Last two questions. Um, with what you are doing today, is there anything the INSEAD community or our promotion can do to assist you? Yes, and I think um, INSEAD constantly does that. So um, whether it's Peter Zemsky, who's a LP in our fund, uh, which is awesome, whether it's the INSEAD founders we've backed, like uh, Tavit at Wise, Richard at, at Juro, and we continue, Shahar Curve, like we continue. So yeah, keep 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 building new startups, new INSEAD grads, old INSEAD grads. Uh, keep coming to me to put money into your companies. Um, be be mentor or ex experts to help our companies grow. Be in, be angel investors. Be um, uh, you know be fund investors. 
hopefully, uh, yeah, INSEAD continues to again play an outsized role in in the future we're trying to build. All right, and the the other side of that question, and obviously aside from a free place to stay in Miami, what are you able to offer to us in the broader INSEAD uh, community? I'm going to try to work on a, a, a fund of funds with uh, a fellow C, a fellow uh, INSEADer to see if we can maybe build build out. We've done that for our university, uh, for my university undergrad. So hoping to maybe replicate that for for INSEAD so that um, in terms of how we and we, we need a more of a donation culture at INSEAD as well, yep. similar yep. to those insanely large U.S. institutions and their endowments. So, so yeah, I want to be part of that. Is uh, is that giving back? Um, as I said, I mean, you know. So I think if you are listening to this, I hope you will go help one INSEAD person, if not ten, if not fifty, right? So I actually got a I actually got a WhatsApp message from this young man who uh, said, hey, my mom and dad met at NCI <laughs> and cool. uh, they told me you moved here. I work at big name company. Can I talk to you? Was this and, Andy and Eugene's son or, or, or somebody? I'm kidding. <laughs> that would be great. That would be, and I, I literally was first, my first question. He's like, oh, let me tell you about me. Blah, blah. I was like, I just want to know how old your parents are. So that <laughs> I'm at and in life and he's like yeah okay that's weird but but yeah so that was great I don't I wouldn't pick up that message for anyone else but but in Seattle and, and Penn which is my undergrad so I just think if you're listening to this please go make the extra effort to help another in Seattle or their children I guess that is a wonderful uh, punctuation mark for this hey thanks so so much for the time really uh, really enjoyed talking with you Reshma bye-bye cool